Hi everybody, it's Brian Janikowski, Thursday, December the 6th. This is coming out a day early. Um, tomorrow is uh, new farm payroll jobs, but we're out of the office, uh, so we're doing it on the Thursdays. I'm Christian Thwaites. I'm Emily Takenverts, and let's get started with this week's market chat. So we had a lot of strong kind of down movement in the markets this week, Christian. Uh, you know, two questions that I think everyone are that everyone is asking: Is this the start of a bear market, and or is this the start of a recession? Yes. Well, um, I think the answer is no and no. Let's discuss the bear market first. Um, what we've had in 2018, and we've talked about this many times, is a return to what are called normalized, slightly higher than normal volatility after a long period where there really was no volatility. So this week we had a 2% down day and a sort of like a 2% intraday, you know, down one and up another one. And that feels pretty bad by 2017 standards, but it's not abnormal. Um, technically, a bear market is a 10% correction, uh, sorry, 20% uh, 20 fall, uh, a correction is a 10% decline. I don't like these terms because they're far too technical, a 19.99% is technically not a bear market, it's certainly going to feel like one. Um, but it's really, you know, what, what, what duration are we looking at? The depth, duration, uh, and dispersion of the of the of the equity market. And what we've now seen is some stocks come off their highs, a little bit more volatility for good reasons. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market, but there isn't this collapse in confidence or earnings, which is really what you need to have a bear market. Mm -hmm. And on the recession, it's it's pretty much the same thing. Look, we all know that this late cycle fiscal stimulus in the form of a major tax cut tax cut was going to lead to problems. And we had one blowout quarter in the second quarter, a slightly weaker third quarter, um, and we're going to have a weaker fourth quarter. And that's exactly what we would expect. And so leading indicators like housing, like trade, like the oil price going down to some extent, although that's got a supplier issue as well, uh, chemical transportation, some of these things are, are down. But for a for a bam you know for a for a recession you need things like jobs claims to go up people to be laying off people in numbers not not just like the gm and and we're not there yet so i think we're looking at probably what we used to call a growth recession you know one percent half a percent instead of two and three and those are distinct from a recession that we saw let's say after 08 or 09 yes again the the, the technical distinction for a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Uh, and what we had in 2008, which was really bad, was a decline in nominal GDP. Normally that just applies to real GDP. So we'd have to have a pretty big slow slowdown. We could see ourselves going to zero, which we, we've seen, we've had one quarter of negative growth in, in this recovery, if you remember, so like 2010 or 11, I can't remember what it was. It's been very uneven, but we might get one or two of those, but we're a, a ways yet from getting two consecutive quarters and feeling like there was a recession where unemployment doubles, where claims start spiking very rapidly, where you start you know, seeing a lot of... Uh, a uh, decline in things like industrial production orders. So we're, again, not there yet. What's going on at the Fed? I mean, what do you make <laughs> of their comments today? And what do you make of how the market reacted? I think what's happening is the Fed had pretty much a programmatic approach to declining, to, uh, to raising rates 
in 2018, which they thought would carry over into 2019. So what they've done and what they're likely to do in their December 19th meeting is increase rates four times this year. Exactly what they said they were going to do. But I think now the dilemma is, is this is the economy weakening a little bit that they don't need to raise rates as systematically, consistently, and as predictably as they said they would? So I think what the market is thinking is instead of three to four hikes in 2019 with the Fed funds rate terminating at 3.2, 3.5, maybe be one or two terminating at three. And that's just enough to get people to think differently about the way the Fed is thinking. We've also seen uh, a pretty good couple of weeks for treasuries. Um, can you just tell us kind of what that means and, and how that goes to our, our, our hypothesis around quality? Yes. Uh, well, the treasury market, particularly the the long end, has done very well, which you'd expect it to do because uh, the Fed controls the front end of the curve. Fed funds will go up one month, three months, six months, nine months. Twelve-month treasury bills will more or less track that. After that, they don't go up one for one with the Fed. And what I think the, the market is saying is, yeah, the Fed may tighten, but they'll be back to loosening within a couple of years. So... You know, so treasuries sort of anticipate a slowdown, anticipate a recession, and bear in mind what we just talked about, what we think about the recession, and begin to price in a lower rate environment. So what we've seen this last week is stocks go up, treasuries go down, stocks go down a lot, treasuries go up a lot. And that's what that's exactly what we would have wanted. And we started doing this in the portfolios about nine months ago, and now it's paying off. Um, and we've got that. On the, on the Treasury side, you know, which is obviously you know, the highest quality you can get in terms of credit. We also saw uh, for a, a little bit this week the yield, the yield curve inverted. And, you know, of course, everyone, this gets a lot of publicity always, but how should we really read this move? Okay, uh, very, very carefully is the short answer. Um, the yield curve did not invert in its entirety. Uh, we've got a picture on the blog about what a really bad yield curve looks like. This is not a, a bad yield curve in, uh, inversion. We've only got one part of it, and specifically the year Treasury 3 and Treasury 5 year. The rest of the curve looks pretty normal. It's flat, but it's not it's not abnormal. Um, and so, you know, cue a lot of headlines, discussion points. This is the first time the uh, the any part of the curve has inverted since and then thrown a date. And you'll see a lot of those coming out. But that's, those are all, um, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're sort of maybe some waypoints along the way. But the, the thing that really flashes red is, is a total inversion of the curve where the Fed funds rate is higher than every single rate after that. Uh, you know, one, three, five, all the way out to 30. And we're not there yet. Now, we, we showed a graph about, you know, what it, what it is as a predictor. And it's like, well, as a predictor, it's pretty ropey. It's not that great. It's like swallows predicting winter. And uh, yes, I mean that. It's like swallows come along in April, May, and you know, winter follows nine months ahead. I mean, there's a couple of seasons in between, though. And this is what this is what this is about. I think you know, sometimes it happens four years before recession. Sometimes it happens a year, and sometimes a recession never happens at all. I mean, it's it's not a bad indicator, but it's not. A totally reliable one. That's where you have to go back to the economic numbers. You know, e economies don't go into free fall because 
because of a, a trading number on a bond, which doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. Companies, companies going to, economy is going to free fall when people lose confidence, lose their jobs, orders get cut back, you know, job uh, hours get cut back, pay gets cut back. It's that sort of thing which trips you into recession. So I think, yeah, we'll hear a lot about it, but you know, we've we've managed around this, and I would just advise. Uh, you know, our, our listeners and clients to sort of keep keep this in in moderation with other with other indicators. Based on this week's price action, do you see trade as the the biggest risk in the market right now? Yeah, I'm afraid it is because um, you know even if you take the the numbers as a whole, so China does 800 billion dollars of imports roughly into 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 the U.S. and if there's a 25 percent tariff on that, let's call it 200 billion dollars extra I mean, it'll never be that much but theoretically that's what it is but that's actually one percent of gdp so uh it doesn't quite balance out like that but that's that's the kind of raw numbers but you know i i think it's not so much the raw numbers it's just that the modern supply chains are incredibly complicated i mean i think i read somewhere that a that a car that a bmw assembled in in South Carolina might have parts coming from 20 or 30 different countries. So if any of those are subject to higher tariffs and higher, you know, costs, then that's a, that's a concern for businesses. And it's uh, and it makes them, you know, if, if they're uncertain and it means that their costs are going up, it means either they're going to have to have margin compression or they're going to pass on the higher prices. So I think this is what's happening. It's like, you know, there, there is no, uh, real uh, sort of, you know, how is the answer to the question is how is this going to end you know is it going to end in victory for one side or the other is it going to be a sort of you know a piece like 1918 where two people are just totally exhausted can't carry on anymore or or will there be a sort of a, you know a major change in the way the trade patterns are are going to be in the in the few years i i personally think it's more like the second this will be a, a lot of bluster um some of it will will have collateral damage it already has um but you know, I, I don't think it's going to be, to undercut the United States growth in a severe way for a long time. When do you think, if if this continues on the same path, when do you think it'll show up in earnings? That's a good question. You know, the Beige Book just came out last week, and there were numerous. So the Beige Book is the Fed's survey of businesses. So it's much better, much broader than the S and P earnings calls because. You know, it's everybody. It's small businesses and everybody else. And and the issue of tariffs came up, as you'd expect, a lot. So that's – and what we're interested in next week is uh, the small business survey, the NFIB. It'd be interesting to see if they talk about it as well. But to answer your question, I think it's going to come up for sure in the, uh, in, the, um, in the earnings calls for the fourth quarter, which we'll see January, February. And then it could start hitting earnings depending if the tariffs go into place – uh, around about the second the second quarter, so we'll hear about it for sure. So right now, it really is um, about the uncertainty that it's creating. I think so. I think so. It must be a. I mean, imagine if you're a supply manager or a, you know CEO or business line manager in one of these major you know car companies, and you're thinking, okay, are my costs going to go up five percent, ten percent, twenty percent? You know, are they going to be embargoes? Are they going to be non-tariff barriers? Where should I move my plant if I have to move my plant? Should I be thinking about assembling everything in Mexico and bringing it across the border on a NAFTA, new NAFTA? I mean, this is, I don't envy the decisions these guys, you know, are going to have to make. So I think, yes, the uncertainty is a big, is a big factor. 
Well, thank you very much, Christian. Thanks to you for listening. Please join us next week. Yes, and please rate us on the uh, iPod, um, on uh, Apple iTunes, so that more people can find us. Thanks very much. And here's a disclosure. Please note the discussion of investments, investment strategy, including our research, investment process, represent our investments, investment strategy, David's commentary, subject change without notice. We cannot assure the type of investments discussed in this commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future, nor can we guarantee that such investments will present the best or an attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. This is for general information purposes only. References to an individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell that security. The securities mentioned in this commentary are only several of the successful and unsuccessful investments. Buyers do not represent all the securities we have purchased or the recommended. Although we deem reliable the sources of statistical and other information referred to in this commentary, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements or numerical data. Past performance is no indication of future results.